0: Turn with me to John chapter fourteen. John chapter fourteen, beginning with verse one. It's always good to start with verse one, unless of course you have something else to do. But John chapter fourteen, because verse one says, "Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, and believe also in me." In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, then I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. <laughs> no, don't even now. Don't even. You've got to be ready when I say it. <laughs> what did you miss? Exactly. Exactly. He's coming again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever. I'm just making sure you're listening, that you're on with your, you're hooked up with me here. It takes a while, I know. Everybody's, I, I yeah, yeah. It takes a while, but we'll get you there. We'll get you there. It doesn't bother me. it's okay. I'm used to it. I was a youth pastor for many, many years, many, many years. So I would say something, and the kids would go, huh, huh. And Now I know where they got it from. They got it from their parents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll get you there. All right, where was I? No idea. No idea where I was. Where you were? Yeah, I was in John chapter fourteen, verse three. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Amen. Good night. That's better. That's better. And will take you to myself that I that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Notice he said that. Jesus said, you know the way to where I'm going. He said it plainly. He didn't, it wasn't a riddle. It wasn't a, you know, he wasn't just hinting. He said straight to them, you know the way to where I'm going. Then hear what happens next. Verse five. Thomas said, ooh, ooh Lord, we do not know where you're going. (laughs) How can we know the way? Well at least Thomas is is honest. At least least Thomas is straight up. The other the other twelve are going, what the heck is he talking about? But at least Thomas says I don't know what you're talking about here. I don't know where you're going. Do you guys know where he's going? No, because they thought they thought he was there forever. They thought he was reestablishing the kingdom of Israel. That he was going to be king, that they were going to be on thrones next to him, they were going to be part of the court, they were going to be part of the ruling class. They thought they had this thing all figured out, but they were wrong. They were wrong. They didn't get it. They didn't understand. So they're going. He goes, "Well, I'm leaving. I'm going to go to a place, uh, and I'm going to go there, and I'm going to prepare a place for you, and then I'll return again." And he says, "And you know where I'm going?" And they go. I don't know what you're talking about. Why? Because they they weren't paying attention. They weren't weren't following the three years of teaching. They They weren't connecting the dots. You know, when you're in the middle of something, when you're walking through it in the moment, sometimes all you can see is the moment. And you miss the big picture. We don't... You know, I mean, uh, you know, you're talking about your son being in the in the Marines. There are, you know, I've talked to guys who have gone through boot camp. I never went through boot camp. I went through something like it, but not in the military. I, I have never. And, and but when you're in the middle of it, sometimes all you can see is the next step, is the getting up one more time, doing one more push up. Doing one more, whatever they tell you. You get in that mode of, I'm just trying to survive the moment. Much like life. In real life, we can get to the point where, I just have to get through work today. I just have to get through the dishes. I just have to get through this next class. And you sit there, and you you're in the moment, and you're just you're watching the time click, click, click. But the reality is, there's so much more going on. There's so much more happening. I wish I understood back when I was in ninth grade, tenth grade, eleventh grade, twelfth grade. When I, I wished I had realized what was actually happening, and that someday I'm going to be sixty years old standing here. Because I'd have paid attention more. I'd applied myself more. So you young people, apply yourself more. Because there's going to be a day you're going to go, I wish I'd applied myself more. And they were they were going through their day. These disciples were going through their days looking at all the stuff that was happening and they're amazed and they're they're just glad to be a part of what Jesus is doing and they're they're seeing the miracles and they're seeing the crowds and they're just so excited about what was happening in the moment that they didn't realize they were headed somewhere. That they were actually a part of something so much bigger that they had a part to play. They didn't realize their part to play. They didn't know who they were. If they'd have been listening to Jesus, they would have known exactly who they were, what they were going to be about, what they were going to be doing, and how they were going to be used in the kingdom. But they didn't know the Scriptures. They didn't recognize the Scriptures. He even told them, I'm going to die. As He was going on His way to Jerusalem, He tells His disciples, I'm going there to die. And what did Peter say? No, not you. No, 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 no. You're not going to die. He's like... Get behind me, Satan. They didn't get it. Much like we don't get it. Most of the time. I, I'm not picking on anybody this morning. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm just being real because I want you to, I want you to get this, this understanding, this sense that there's more to going on than the moment. There's something so much bigger that's going on in this world than what we see on the news every day than the latest economic report the latest jobs report the latest crime statistic there's so much more happening in this world there's so much there is a bigger purpose and reason why you exist today you're not a mistake i said this to some people this week you're not a mistake Doesn't matter what your older brother or sister said. You're not an accident. You're on purpose. Well, but you don't understand. No, I do understand. I understand what the Word of God says, that He knew you from the foundations of the earth. He knew that you're going to exist. He knew that you would live today. He knew that He would, you would be the person you are today, and He did it on purpose. But you have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. Whether you're going to walk with Him and and cooperate with Him in that purpose. For the last number of months, I've been doing a series of of, uh, series. A series of series. A series of teachings on different things. And I'm going to be honest with you. As I began the first one, authority, I was just focused on authority. I was focused on the moment. I didn't know that it would actually be a series of series that would all tie together and be come up with a a specific call to action that where we find ourselves today. I, I looked at authority as kind of, well, this is the next series. I need to study it out. I need to prepare it. I need to get it ready. And I need to do this. So I, did, so I did that. We did a number of weeks on authority, talking about what your authority... You as a believer in Jesus Christ has authority. How much authority do you have? You have all of the authority. He has given you all of the authority in heaven and on earth to do the things He's calling you to do. But if all we're looking at is, well, how can I use this authority to to meet my needs, to cover today, to sort out what's going on today, we miss the big picture that there's something more going on. So we did the series on authority. I did the series, we did the series together on authority. I thought it was really good. I was blessed by it. I had a great time. After that, I knew that I was supposed to do a series on faith. I had never done a series on faith before. I would taught on faith different times, and you hit on the points every once in a while. But I had never done a series, a whole bunch of sermons, really focused on faith and understanding what faith is and understanding, defining it and, and then knowing how to walk by faith, being showing biblically why we have to walk by faith. And I thought we were just doing a series on faith. Because I didn't see the big picture, and then we just finished up a a series on grace. I knew as we were finishing up faith, the Holy Spirit was saying the next one's going to be on grace, and I was like, "Oh, that's awesome! I really want to teach on grace. This is cool. I mean, this is this is going to be great." I, want, I so I studied grace. I I put together a series of sermons, and I did a whole series on grace, and I'm thinking that's awesome. This was so much fun. I would never done a series on grace. And then I started praying and towards the end of that. I started praying and saying, Lord, what's next? What's the next one? And he goes, well, the logical next step. And I was like, okay. <laughs> what is that? And I was waiting for an answer. And I, I'm just like, and all of a sudden I realized that it wasn't just random Topics that he was pulling and leading me, leading me to teach on, but he's, he's been leading us down a path because what's coming next, what we're going to do a series on, a number of sermons on, you have to understand your authority. You have to understand first that you have authority and you have to understand how to operate in your authority. So if you missed that whole series, they're on the website. They're, they're on YouTube. You can watch every single one of them. There's the podcast. There's the, uh, the Light Up the Valley, Light Up the Valley podcast that has all of those sermons on it. Every one about authority. Just go right through them. You can be, be listening to them during the week and then catch this one on the, catch these on the weekend and so on. And then, and then you can also listen to all the ones about faith because with, you know, you can have authority, you can have the authority, but if you don't understand that you need to have, to walk out that authority by faith, you're not going to be able to do anything with it. How do, how do we please God? By faith. And, oh, but faith is just this ooey wooey, I don't have enough faith, and where do I get more faith? No! You've been given a measure of faith. And what is faith? I trust God. I trust God. I believe what He says. That's the simple version. But you can go back and listen to all the sermons. It's awesome. It's amazing. It's wonderful. Just ask me. (laughs) But you walk by faith because what He's going to ask you to do next, if you don't trust Him, you won't do it. Because the thing is, you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do what He's going to ask us to do next. How He's going to apply, how all of this gets applied, and how all of this gets used moving forward, you can't do it without faith unless you trust Him. And you trust what He says, and you trust what what He said He'll do for you, and you trust, and then you do something about it, because that's what faith is. It isn't just that I trust God. It's that I trust Him enough to do what He tells me to do. And then by stepping that out, acting it out, I actually fulfill the miraculous, the stuff I can't do by myself. We have to be able to walk by faith. But then you have to realize that you can't do it in your own strength. That's why we need grace. It's His ability. Remember what the definition of grace, the the, the different definitions that we use, is that God's grace is Him doing it through you. If I think I have to do what's coming next in my own strength, I will fail because I can't do it in my own strength. I can't do any of the things, any of the things that He's asking us to do, that He's leading us to do, that He's told us to do, that He's directed us to do. We can't do any of them in your own strength. You can't do it. But He can through you. How does He do the, the impossible, the miraculous, the powerful, the amazing? The, the, the all? How does He do that? He does it because He's given you authority. He's given you authority. But you have to believe by faith that he's given you that authority and then allow him to do it through you by grace. Here's the deal. If you try to take any of those parts out of what I've been what we've been teaching before and, and try to do what we're going to do next, you're going to fail. You're going to it's going to blow up. Or. You're going to self-destruct. No, I don't mean. Pfft. I mean you're going to try to do it. And think you think in pride. I'm doing this. No, that's why you have to understand. Grace is because it's not you. Anything that happens up here, anything, any growth that happens in any individual has nothing to do with me. Except I'm just being obedient to do what he's told me to do. It's him. He's doing it. It's the Holy Spirit. He's the one who's helping you. He's the one who's teaching you. He's the one. I just have a job to do and I do my job and look what happens. It's amazing. People get saved. It's not me. It's not you. you know, to think that it's, that it's you that you have to do something or you have to be good enough or you have to practice or what, to think that you get any credit for this. That's pride and it'll it'll destroy you. Pride will destroy you. I've seen it. I've seen people operate that you know doing what they think the word is saying to do but they do it in their own strength and they do it with their thinking that they're the ones doing it and it destroys them. There's all kinds of of stories about these guys who have come before you know, the great you know ministers and prophets even within the last 100 years that ended up on the on the sidelines because they got full of themselves or they thought they were the ones doing it and they blew up but you're not going to blow up you're not going to because you're going to listen to all the sermons and you're going to take it to heart and you're going to do some amazing things you're going to do some powerful things you're going to do the miraculous because that's what's next that's what's next The expectation for the miraculous. The expectation for the impossible. The expectation that God's going to use you to touch this world one day at a time. Because that's the big picture. The big picture is that you don't just make it; that you just don't get to the end; that you just get there without too many bumps and bruises, but that you get there with crowns and with with jewels, with 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 uh, uh, people coming behind you who got saved and healed and dis- delivered and set free because you existed. I told the story last week, and you'll probably hear it a few more times through the series. But I was a few weeks ago, and that's how I got to this next stage, this next series, is I was getting ready to go to bed. Deb's already in bed. I'd been thinking of the cares of this world. I've been thinking about the stuff that was going on, the things I had to do, my task list. I was thinking about the problems in the world. I was praying for our mission team. I was praying for a friend who was sick. I, I was thinking about all of these things, and I, I was asking God, "God, help that person. Do the Lord help this these, this group? Help this help Lord solve this situation." I'm asking God because I mean, pr- in prayer, He says, "Ask of Me." He says, "Ask of Me, and I'll give you whatever you ask for." in my name. So I'm asking Him. I'm just walking through the house, getting ready, heading in that direction. I'm, I'm not being super spiritual. It's not like I was on my knees in a closet. I was getting ready for bed. But I've been thinking about it. I've been just meditating on all these things that have to get taken care of. And I heard the voice of the Lord so clearly. He said, What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it now when when you're praying for something and you're praying and asking God to do something you're not expecting him to say well what are you going to do about it I wasn't expecting that I wasn't that's not I was expecting him to do something about it and he turned around he goes what are you going to do about it and it stopped me in my tracks it stopped me because I, I totally understood what he meant He's done everything he's going to do. Jesus did everything he's going to do. We just celebrated the, the the communion. We just celebrated the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We just talked about that he did everything. He paid for every single sin. He paid for every single uh, the the every grace, every power, every authority. He he took back the keys. We're going to talk about the keys of of life and death and hell. And he, he took those keys and he gave them to you. He's done everything he needs to do. That's why the disciples are going. Where are you going? Because he said, and, and his his answer will be, we'll see. what It will be. I've done everything I'm going to do. Now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. And they all went. What the heck is he talking about? What's he talking about, Jesus? What are you talking about? Where are you going? I don't understand. Where? I thought you were going to do, I thought you were going to be the king. I thought you were going to, I thought, we thought, uh... and Jesus said, no, no, no. I'm going to go do the last thing I need to do here. And then it's your job. And we're going to see that in depth. Continue on but i wanted to give you that context of, of what he's talking about here in john john 13 the chapter 13 chapter 14 15 16 and 17 are all all take place in the upper room that whole discourse that's why we have we actually have a, almost a monoy a, a a written uh thank you sir dialogue of Jesus talking and them talking. You know, you know, you wonder how do they know these things? How do, the prayer, the the prayer in chapter seventeen. I always wondered how do they know what he prayed. Well, he prayed it out loud right in front of them, in the upper room. It wasn't even this. wasn't part of the Gethsemane prayer. To be honest with you, I used to think it was the Gethsemane prayer. It wasn't. It was in the upper room. We we can see that by reading through it again. He he prayed this right in front. Of him. But all all of these chapters are in the upper room this is the last thing he said to them guys here's the deal i'm going to be taken off they're going to kill me there i'm going to go you know i'm going to be betrayed you know and he told he told judas up in that upper room go do what you're going to do he knew what was going to about to happen he knew it from the word of god and he says okay here's what you need to know what you need to know is that I'm going to go pl- prepare a place for you. Where I'm going, you can't come right now, but you will come later, and you, but, and you know the way. You know the way. How do they know the way? Next verse, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. If you had known Me, you would have known My Father also. From now on... You do know him and have seen him. Philip now chimes in. So first it was, it was Thomas, now it's, now it's Philip. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's enough for us. He's thinking he's got a, got a handle on this, and Jesus goes, no, you don't understand either. Jesus said, said to him, verse 9, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen the Father, or whoever has seen me, has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in Me. Or else, believe on the count of the works themselves. Just believe that all these miracles were done by the Father. Jesus is saying, if you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. You've seen God. Wouldn't that that be awesome to be able to say to somebody, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Let that sink in for a little bit longer, because you'll get there. You can say, you should say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Oh, gosh, now, oh, Pastor John, now you're getting weird on us here. I'm not Jesus. Well, no, you're not Jesus, you're you. But in Revelation, doesn't it say that if You call on Me, He says, I will come and I will dwell with You. The Father and I will come and we will indwell in You. I and You and You and Me. The big picture, folks, is that you're not just Cheryl from Woodbury. You're not just... I'm losing everybody's names now. I'm so sorry. I'm looking. Larry, thank you, thank you. I've known Larry for 20 some years. Okay, I just say you know. But when I'm looking, I'm going oh names. Who did? I'm just Larry from Marine. I'm just I'm just Spencer. Where's Spencer? He's over somewhere else. I saw those brothers. They're Spencer. I'm just Spencer from wherever you live. Okay. I'm I'm just. No, you're not. yeah yeah, okay. That's where you're from. That's what you're you but you're seeing you're not seeing the whole picture here. The whole picture is the Father is in you. And you are in the Father. Jesus is in you. You are in Jesus. You're in Christ. And in that you have the power of the universe in you to change the world around you. To change lives, to, to impact this world, to change from darkness to light the things that you see, to, to, to deal with the things that are in people's lives that are stealing, killing, and destroying, and commanding them to stop. And when you do that by faith, all the power of heaven's behind you. But you have to understand you have that authority. Believe by faith that what God said He'll do through you, He'll do. And then realize it's not you doing it. If I, if I were to ask somebody, you know, and, and I've asked people in the past, have you ever shared your faith? Well, no, I don't know what to do. Well, that's wrong. Because Jesus said, don't worry about what you say. The Holy Spirit will put words in your mouth. Well, what if He doesn't? Well, that means you don't believe Him. You see where this, this all ties together. It's beautiful. This is so cool. I'm excited. I don't care if you're excited. I'm excited. I think it's amazing. Verse 12. Here's the cool verse. Here's the one. This is the one the whole this whole series is wrapped around. Verse 12 Truly, truly, I say to you whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Jesus gives us permission in that verse to do the stuff that he was doing. And what was the stuff that he was doing? What was the stuff that he was doing? And we're going to spend a period of time. I don't know. I don't want to say too much, but I don't know how long it'll be. I know from one week to the next what's going on. But we're going to talk about the stuff that Jesus did, and every time we talk about it, I'm going to remind you that you can do that also. Well, no, but I'm just Spencer from wherever I live. No. You're not just I had a friend uh, had a friend. <laughs> he was a uh, he was a minister, he was a pastor, he was a, he was a uh, a radio talk show host in southern Minnesota. He was very influential. He was the director at one time of the Youth for Christ in southern Minnesota. This guy was known all over the place. People all across southern Minnesota knew this guy. I mean, he, was, he would lead Bible studies and people would come to these... He was just he was amazing. One day, I was in a meeting with him and he says, hey guys, I need to let, I need to let you know I'm stepping down from all of those roles. And I was like... Why would you, where what's happening? What's going? Where are you going? He goes, "I'm not going anywhere." He says, "The Lord just told me through prayer and I and I've been praying about this a ton and the Lord told me I need to step down from the ministry from from the directing of the youth group or the youth youth for Christ, from being on the radio, from doing I'm stepping down from all of those things." We said, "What are you going to do?" And he goes, "I don't know. I just know the Holy Spirit has told me to step down from all of these things and I'm just going to be obedient to do it." And he did it. A week went by. Two weeks went by. We asked him, what are you going to do? He goes, well, I have to go get a job. So I'm going to go get a job. I said, where are you going to get a job? He goes, well, there's a factory hiring here in town. And I'm thinking, you were in the ministry. And now you're going to go work in this factory? I felt sorry for him. I felt bad for him. I was like, oh, come on. It's like a demotion. He goes, you know, he says, I'm just going to get a job. I said, I have to do something to feed my family, so I'm going to go get a job in this factory. So he goes and gets a job in this factory. I saw him a few weeks later. He's got this big smile on his face. I said, what the heck, what's the deal? Why are you so happy? And he goes, I know why I'm at the factory. I've already led two people to the Lord. I've already started a Bible study at lunchtime. I've already done this and this. He goes, I am a missionary for the kingdom of God to this factory. Cleverly disguised as a factory worker. (laughs) I'll never forget that. Cleverly disguised as a mechanic. Cleverly disguised as a a carpenter. Cleverly disguised as as a stay-at-home mom. Cleverly disguised as a grandparent. Cleverly disguised a missionary for the kingdom of God. With all of the authority all of the power, all of the grace to see miracles, signs and wonders, the same ones Jesus did, and even greater ones. Turn to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter four. We're going to start with verse eleven. You've heard this so many times. I'm not going to read the whole context, even though you know I I like to read things in context. You get the context. Paul is speaking to the Ephesians. He's explaining to them how the church works, who they are in Christ, and so on. And he's talking about Jesus and about what he did—that he he descended from heaven. And he's also ascended, and as he ascended, he led captivity captive. And we get to this verse, verse 11, and he says, "And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and the teachers, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry." Now you've heard me say this so many times. Have you been here for a period of time? You've heard me say this so many times. My job is not to evangelize the world. My job is not to heal all the sick in the hospital. My job is not to do all of the stuff. Now, I do stuff as the Lord leads me, the stuff He tells me to do in the moment that He tells me to do it, but my job is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. All of y'all. All all of y'all. Wow, I've been hanging around with you long enough now, haven't I? All of (laughs) y'all. It works though. That does actually work. It just, it works. All of you. All. Not, not just this section right here. Because you guys are, you guys are spiritually amazing. You guys I'm praying about. But we're this group right here. No, it's not just this group or, or even this half or even just everybody over. How old are you? 22. 23. No. It's to train up the saints. If you're in, and, well, I'm not a saint. Yes, you are. If you're born again, if you've got the Spirit of God living in you, you're a saint. Well, I haven't done any miracles. Not yet. Forget about all, if you're Catholics, forget about all that stuff, okay? Saints are not made. They're born again. To do the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry. Well, yeah, but I don't know that I'm called to pastor a church. You don't have to pastor a church. You can be a cleverly disguised, put your title in it. And you do the work of the ministry right there. Well, yeah, but I, I don't see a lot of people every day. It doesn't matter. Maybe you see the one person you need to. And God opens the door. Well, I don't know what to say or do. Oh, well, just hang on. We're going to train you to do that. We're going to keep training you to do that. And we've been training to do that. We've been, this church has been training from the, from the, from the very beginning, since Pastor Dan and Claudia started this church. All those years ago, they've been training. They trained me. They've trained others. Then I came in and I'm training. So you know, if, you, if you're here new and maybe you haven't been here that many times, you know we started the whole service by somebody opening the service with, a, with, with the Word of God. I mean, that was preaching, man. That was good stuff. Then the, the worship team worshipped, and then somebody else did the communion, and somebody else is going to do the offering later. And it's like all I do is get up and preach. What a great job! Hallelujah. Why do we do? Why do we have other people do stuff? It's because we're training the saints to do the work of the ministry. Getting involved. Getting, you want to you get trained to do the work of the ministry? The children's ministry needs teachers. Oh, there was excitement there. You could just feel that. would have, Boom! Hit the ground. <laughs> The youth group needs, needs people to inspire the youth. The, 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 the greeter ministry to show the love of God. We Doing the work of the ministry. Well, that's only here in the church. Yeah, this is the training ground to get ready to go out there. Because everything you can learn here, you need out there. You're going to need to know how to smile even if you're not happy. Greeters. Hi, good morning. How you doing? You think they've never had a problem in their life. Everything in their life is perfect and wonderful. <laughs> Did I just frolic again? I, what the heck? I think that's twice this summer I frolicked. What the heck? There, there's, no, there's no problem. They have no cares in this world. Really? No, they just know, hey, doesn't matter how I feel right now. God's good to us. I just want to share the love of the Lord. You know, one of the biggest things you'll learn by working, being involved in the church is how to love somebody. Because I guarantee you, sooner or later, they're going to tick you off. And you're going to have to be able to say, even though they don't ask for forgiveness, say, I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and then one day you'll actually be able to say, I love you. And no, no grimace afterwards. It takes time took me years, years and years and years. (laughs) Praise God. Train up the saints. To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Verse 12, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ when you get born again it's that that phrase born again what does that mean that means you start you're starting over you're starting over because jesus has forgiven your sins you're starting with a clean slate but you're still the person that you were 10 minutes earlier the physical person the soulish person you still have the same thoughts the same the same you know you you, you still act the same way from that point out, it's like a baby being born. That's why it's called born again. You're being born. You start out with a fl- fresh slate, a baby needs to learn how to grow, how to walk, how to talk, how to how to do this stuff. And and nobody looks at a baby and goes, a, a newborn baby and says, "Get up and go to work." No sane person. No, you know it takes time. Now, a 10-year-old you can look, you can look at him and go, "Get up and go to work." Maybe not in the world, but they can clean the garage. Oh, Hallelujah. <laughs> they can haul the garbage. They can pay, you know, They can do something. They can get to work. And then the older they get, then they actually go get a job where they may get paid for it. You know you don't have to pay your kids? That was free. That was just free for you. You don't have to pay your kids. We didn't pay our kids for a long time. Tally would argue with you. She she finally negotiated, but I I made her negotiate. I paid her a quarter every time she moved the sprinkler in the yard. A quarter. So even if she did it ten times, I'm not out much. I'm okay. Just recently, we were watering the lawn. She's 22. I said, I'll pay you a quarter to go move that water sprinkler she wouldn't do it but it's training the saints it's training us up it's helping us out it's getting the word in you it's preaching it's teaching you're learning stuff and as you learn you grow into mature manhood womanhood personhood humanityhood it's not a sexist thing it's just just talking about all of man growing up into the fullness of who God called us to be and when we do that, we understand how to do the, and walk in the things that he's asking you to do. You don't give a child, you don't give a 5-year-old a pickup to drive back and forth to school. They can't handle it. You give them a little responsibility, then a little bit more responsibility, then a little bit more. Sooner or later when they're old enough and they've proven themselves, you can give them the pickup. To drive to school or to work or to wherever. Because you trust them. But it takes time. Same thing in the kingdom. You have all the authority in the, in the universe. You, you have all the authority and the power and the, and the potential. But you don't know how to use it. You, you have to grow up in it. And that's what we're doing here now. You now understand that you have the authority. You now understand that you do this by faith you now understand that you have the grace god's given you the grace to heal the sick folks god has given you the grace to preach the gospel and i don't mean preach it from a pulpit you may that's all right that if you do that's fine but sh- sharing with your with your cubicle worker over a cup of coffee is preaching the gospel i've done i've done in the past probably more preaching outside of this pulpit that I have in the pulpit. Now I've done it for a number of years, so it, it probably isn't true anymore. But it used to be true. You have everything you need to do the stuff that Jesus did. It's time to expect it. And it's time to step out. What are you going to do about it? When you hear about somebody who's not born again, what are you going to do about it? When you hear about somebody who's, who's sick in their body, what are you going to do about it? When you hear there's a financial or a, a physical need that someone needs, what are you going to do about it? You can pray all you want to, but if somebody doesn't go do something about it, it ain't going to happen.